It's lunchtime, a great time to talk spider football. This is Behind the Web with University of Richmond head coach Russ Useman. Live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center on Ridgefield Parkway. Today's show is brought to you by the University of Richmond School of Professional and Continuing Studies, Bryant Heating and Cooling, World of Beer, Lux Chevrolet, and Virginia 529. Join in online anytime and be a part of the show with your questions and comments. Text 804-327-0888. Email behind the web at richmond.edu or on Twitter using Spider Voice at Richmond Athletics or at ESPN Richmond. Now, here's the voice of the Spiders, Bob Black with Coach Huseman. This is Behind the Web presented by Glory Days Grill on 1061 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network. The snap, the look left. Yudinski throws the corner route. Henley in the end zone. The grab inside the pylon, inbounds, and a touchdown. The snap, Yudinski to throw a pump. He'll throw over the middle of Henley. Catches it to two on the post route. Walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Spiders. This is going to be a pick six for Tyreek Thunderberg as he goes high, stepping into the end zone. Defensive touchdown for the Spiders. I said a little something earlier about ball skills. Tyreek Thunderberg has ball skills. He sees it right now. He knows exactly what they want to do. Well, if you were at Robin Stadium Saturday and you stepped out for a hot dog and popcorn late in the second quarter and you missed those 58 seconds, you missed three touchdowns by the Richmond Spiders. Uh, that explosion opened up the game and the 51-7 victory over Stony Brook Saturday on Family Weekend at Robin Stadium. We welcome you to Behind the Web with Spider Head Coach Russ Huseman. Bob Black with you here. Special player guest, Spider Center Tom Elia from that position group that Coach Huseman loves so much, the offensive lineman. So we're bringing one in today and we're looking forward to chatting with Tom Um, in just a little bit you can interact with the show as well text us 804-327-0888 or email us behind the web at richmond.edu russ that really was amazing three touchdowns in the span of 58 seconds when you see your offense performing like that and your defense performing like that how close is that to kind of what you want richmond football really to look like where both sides of the ball help each other put points on the board well, I mean, obviously that span was huge for us, to, you know, to score and to, to get the pick six and then to score right away after that. You know, that kind of put it away at that point in time. I, you know, I didn't think Stony Brook would have had enough firepower offensively. As long as we didn't give it away, you know, we were going to be fine. At halftime, you, you kind of felt like you were in control and it was, and it was just don't do anything catastrophic and uh you know you're probably coming out of this thing pretty good also had the fumble recovery in there that led to the second touchdown the one that jeremiah grant recovered right yep i mean and again that was a big one too uh you know and and i don't think it's anything we did they just they just fumbled it off the exchange there and jeremiah got on that thing but uh you know we we scored in the red zone and uh you know i thought our offense was again efficient and played well and, and i think defensively we played well too you know i know your guys were confident that they were going to win that game but how surprised were you that it finished 51 to 7 that is very uncaa like as you've talked about before yeah i mean nobody expects that even 35 7 at the half 
I mean, that game started off. I mean, we went uh, what three three and outs. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't do much. I'm not even sure if we had. We might have had one first down there, and uh, you know, the first punt wasn't a great punt. Um, and you know, there was another time there when. You know, they had third down, and, and, and they, it was when they did the replay on it, and they had them a yard short, and I just kept thinking they're going to give it to them, and then they came up, you know, a couple inches short there, and, and they they chose to punt the ball. And, um, you know, and so, you know, sometimes things got to happen your way, but, uh, uh, you know, it was it was a good team win. And I thought they got that one right, that replay that you're referring to. I thought they marked it wrong to start with on the 29-yard line, but I thought when they looked at the replay, it was pretty clear he didn't make the 30, that it was the 29 and three-quarter yard line, to your point, right? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't see. I, I still I still don't know, but obviously I'll take your word yeah, for no, it. Our, our uh, camera angles were pretty much right on that. Blake and our Spider TV crew had that pretty good, and I think Chris and I were guessing in the booth that it was going to be the 29 and three-quarter yeah. yard line. You know, they put that replay booth room right next to us where we do TV, but they cloak it in secrecy. There's like shades and curtains. And we can't see it. Yeah. So we're we're kind of we're, we're on our own a little bit. Hey, let's talk about the Tyreek Funderburg pick six because that's great and that's exciting. But it came on the heels of him. I don't know if you say he got beat, but obviously the one touchdown they got was on a play in which he was involved in and they went and scored. And then he came back from that play, that old short-term memory loss, I guess, for defensive backs, huh? Yeah, I mean, the first one when they scored, uh, you know, he made a great break on the ball. But if you're not going to pick it, I mean, you got to secure it and get him on the ground and stick your, you know, stick your forehand in there and try to bat that thing away. And, um, you know, things like that happen. You got to have a short memory as a DB. And then he comes back with the pick six. Then he gets the interception, mm-hmm. you know, first play of the second half. Um, he dropped one on a post. Uh, he dropped one on another one that could have been a pick six. And then he actually dropped one maybe the first series of the game. It might have been first or second game on a slant route right there. I mean, he could have five interceptions in that game and came away with two. And uh, But, you know, the, you got to have those. I mean, you know, it, it obviously didn't come back and bite us. But, you know, we we got to come down with those things. You know, we had him on the Spider Insight podcast this week, and I was just so impressed by his cerebral thought process about what went into that interception, the other one. To your point, he mentioned a couple other balls he thought he could have had and just how much he talked about the film study and the way the coaches put him in position to make those plays. Yeah, I mean, we it, it was you – know, give our coaches a lot of credit too and, uh, you know, how we're defending – you know, those plays, I mean, they it was – you know, the first one I think was – I can't remember if it was a third down play. You know, we, we kind of teach them to, to really, you know, sit on some routes. Um, he did, just didn't make the play. And then I think on the next one he kind of anticipated and kind of sat a little bit and got the pick six. Um, you know, and the other ones, you just the the, uh, the outside uh, vertical that he picked, he was in great shape to post – that he should have picked he was in great shape so you know you can kind of tell these guys you know what to do but they got to do it obviously Mm -hmm. and and Tyreek did a great job with that how much did it kind of help and and obviously guys just made a lot of great plays followed the scouting report but I think they were down to like their sixth running back they had already lost two for the season even before they came to Richmond two more got hurt in our game Lawton was out literally like their sixth running back was in the game yeah, as soon as we saw 32 go down, and I saw him limping off the field, 
and we were kind of eyeballing the, from the press box, you know, the sideline to see what was looking like. Because at that point in time, and they actually did it, you know, at that point in time, we figured they were going to bring the running quarterback in and do quarterback run stuff. And that's actually what they were trying to do when they fumbled mm-hmm. that ball. And I think when he fumbled that one, you know, they just said, uh, we're going to go back and probably need to throw the ball a little bit more to get back in this thing. But, you know, when when 32 went down, I, I kind of had a feeling they were going to get the quarterback run stuff going. That's, that's what I would have done. And, uh, you know, I think they sent him out there to do it. And I, if he'd have had some success, that's probably what they would have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, putting the ball on the ground there, you know, probably said at that point in time, all right, let's go with, you know, let's go with our guy that we feel like can, can move it down the field throwing it. Hey, one more on the Stony Brook game, and then we'll move on. I know you've already closed the book on it and have moved on to this week, and we'll get into that in a moment. Again, Tom Elia, he'll be our guest today coming up in the middle two segments, the Spiders starting center. You mentioned those first three series in which I think we went three and out on all three of those. How important is it to have kind of the veteran offense that you do that doesn't panic? It's a long game. you got a long way to go, obviously led by your quarterback, Reese Yudinski. But as you've mentioned before, your offensive line is veteran. Uh, your running backs, for the most part, your wide receivers, it's kind of a veteran group that can handle that. Yeah, we were struggling a little bit, um, obviously. And uh, they uh, – you know, give Billy a lot of credit. You know, he, he made the decision, let's go tempo and let's sling it around. And which, you know, obviously you go into games, you know, you want to be balanced. And and when we kind of thought, well, we're ha- we're really struggling running it right now, uh, let's, let's go tempo. Uh, let's try to tire him down. Let's throw the ball around. And, and that's kind of what we did at that point in time. All right, we're going to move on to uh, this week in Elon in just a moment. But Coach just mentioned Billy Kosh a moment ago, our offensive coordinator, just to let everybody know next week, which is the bye week for the Spiders, we will still have a radio show, no bye week for Behind the Web. And as been our tradition, we like to bring the coordinators during the bye week. So Billy Kosh and Justin Wood will be here next week at Glory Days for Behind the Web. So we do have a show next week, even with no game next Saturday. And as we've done in the past, and it's been highly informative and highly entertaining to bring our coordinators. Um, You get a firsthand look at Billy Kosh, who will be here for the first time. And Justin's been with us before, and he'll be back to talk on the defensive side. So that's next week. So I don't come next week. Yes, you do. You're still here. You get to grill those guys. I love coming here. Hamburgers yeah, sitting there I get, a, for I get you. a bacon cheddar yeah, burger. It's yep. not like one of us is going to bring it back to your office yep. next week if you don't show up. So we'd appreciate it if you were here. I'll be here with those guys next week as well. That'll be fun, and our audience I know always enjoys uh, that show. So we give the players kind of a break during the bye week, and we bring the uh, bring the coordinators. All right, what has this week been like? Let's not even talk Elon. Let's talk Ian. I think what has Hurricane Ian and the remnants of it done to the prep this week for your football team? Well, obviously, you know, we got a, you know, the weather was beautiful. Uh, We didn't have any wind, uh, no rain. So we had to at least manufacture how we were going to throw a wet ball and handle a wet ball. And and offensively, you know, we we, uh, watered the balls down pretty good. Uh, So we were throwing a wet ball. We were catching a wet ball on Wednesday. You know, our ball security circuit was with wet balls. Um, you know, how you handle the ball, how you come through the line of scrimmage as a running back, you know, with, with you know, covering the ball up with your off hand. 
you know, all those things we tried to work really hard on. And in tomorrow's practice, we're, we're going to go out on the grass. <clears throat> we normally don't go out there. We're going to go out on the grass, and I think it's going to rain. Uh, now, hopefully it rains. Ho- hopefully it rains um, because we were originally going to go out there on the grass and have them kind of water the field down and make it a little damp for us. And they were going to do that. And I looked at the weather forecast, and it looks like it's going to rain. So I told them, I said, don't worry about you know, turning the sprinklers on, you know, we'll get enough. And uh, so if the weather doesn't change, hopefully we're out there in the rain. Uh, the wind will be blowing probably about 10 or 11 miles an hour. And so, you know, for the quarterback, I think it's huge. Um, you know, I, I and again, I hear it, and Billy said it earlier, and I saw where Reese said it, but, uh, you know, I think throwing in the rain is not bad it's throwing in the wind Mm -hmm. that's a factor and uh so we'll get some wind tomorrow for sure to throw the ball and then uh, get get some work on the grass uh hopefully it's a damp field and then uh you know if it doesn't rain we'll we'll throw uh and we'll throw some water on the balls again but you could see reese on tuesday really struggled didn't throw it great and after practice, you know, we, we put a glove on him to see if he could throw it a glove. Couldn't do it. Uh, he tried the laces. Couldn't do it. Um, and then Wednesday's practice, he came out and threw it really well. You know, so he, he adjusted and threw, threw it really well. So uh, he'll be fine. How about defensively? Are there things that you will say to your defense? I think the old theory is offensive players know where they're going, the break they're going to make on a slippery, wet surface, whereas defensive guys don't. How do defensive guys handle it? You, you know, you got to kind of um, anticipate. Like, I, I'm not sure how much drop back, throw over the middle type of game this is going to be. I think this is going to be a – you know, uh, ground and pound it, and and take their shots and try to get in behind you. You gotta you gotta make sure your secondary understands that that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, defensively, I, I do you do you cheat your alignment a little bit to play the run and say, all right, you get you have to throw this ball out there. So those types of things, you know, you always gotta you always gotta look at and think about. Um, are they going into the wind? Are they with the wind? Uh, how hard is it raining? Um, you know, those types of things. And then the other thing you mentioned, uh, special teams is, is mm-hmm. really where it's it's a big, big, big factor. Um, you know, because Reese is going to be able to throw the ball. Right. Our wideouts will catch it. Um, <clears throat> our line will protect and, and those types of things. Obviously, the running game should be fine. Uh, but, you know, in the special teams aspect now, you got to snap a wet ball. Uh, you got to catch a wet ball as a punter. You got to catch a wet ball as a holder. You got to snap it. Um, you know, so you know that's where you can kind of get it can get scary on you. And you got to win. You know, you got to win the kicking game. You can't make uh, mistakes in the kicking game. And uh, and we've worked really hard on that this week too. Uh, some of these guys had experience with this last year at New Hampshire, right? I mean, it rained the entire game up there, and, and they handled it pretty well, obviously, coming out with a victory up there. Well, we put, offensively, we threw it pretty good mm-hmm. in that game and, and did a nice job. Obviously, the bad snap on the punt. Mm-hmm. On, a dry day, that's, on a dry day, that snap is fielded, no question. Um, a wet day, it's tough. And it got in behind him on that one, and, uh, you know, so – you know, you just you gotta. You know, I told our snapper if it's really bad rain, 
I, I don't care if it spirals. You just got to put it in his chest area somewhere, and and we got we got to get the punts off each and every time. And and it even come, you know, what what do we do if they're if they're punting into the wind? How do we how how do we uh, what do we do in those situations? So there's a, there, I mean, there's a million scenarios right now, and and you you really don't know until you get out there. And what is the weather like? You know, it may. You know, it may not rain. Uh, you know, I, I was telling Larry when, when I was walking out of the bathroom, we were playing Sam Houston um, uh, in the playoffs. It was supposed to be terrible, terrible rain, and and we had restructured how we're coming out pregame. And then, and then our last practice, you know, we brought the fire truck in. Yep. And just sprayed water like it was raining from the from the fire truck mm-hmm. there to kind of get used to it and um, and then we go play and it doesn't rain at <laughs> one drop it doesn't rain you were so. over prepared but that'll make yeah. you feel good too speaking of that I mean how much time did that consume this week and obviously Elon's coach has got to do the same thing it's going to rain on both sides of the field but it must have changed your your coach's kind of routine this week as well a little bit didn't it. Well, no, I mean, we no. just got to, you know, get the balls wet and, and get out there yeah, and do it. Get out there and do it. I mean, I don't think it changed anything. You know, hopefully game plan wise, it doesn't change much. You know, if, if we can throw it, I know we can catch it. Last question, at least for now, on the weather and the rain, and then we'll take our break. We'll move on. And Tom Elia will join us. We'll ask him about snapping the wet football and all of that when he gets up here as well. Here's the question I was asked the most this week, and I imagine you were as well. Was there talk, was there conversation about moving this game off of Saturday at 2 o'clock, and, and how would you felt and handled that scenario had it happened? Yeah, we had talked about maybe Friday. Um, I think it got to Wednesday, and Elon was going to make a decision, and the weather looked like it was changing. I mean, it looked like Friday was going to be really bad. Saturday was going to be better, and, and you know, and they just they said we're going to we're going to keep it game time, same day, same game time. And uh, David Walsh came in, and I said, "Yeah, we'll just just play it on Saturday. Let's go." You were probably happier with that than all the logistics stay in place. Well, I didn't have to deal with it. Dave, Dave Leg, Leg had to deal right? With it all. Yeah. <laughs> he was ready, though. He told me he was yeah. he was ready if you had to leave today and yeah. go down there. So he was ready, but this is much simpler, and let's hope. Um, it doesn't rain hurricane style on Saturday. It sounds like we're going to get some, but maybe not as bad as we thought. All right, let's take a break. Uh, Spider Center, Tom Elia will join us in the next segment, next couple of segments, as a matter of fact, and we'll talk to him about the rain and playing in the rain and the wet footballs and, and all of that, and the great start for the Spider offense, most importantly this season. Tom Elia joins us next on Behind the Web. We're at Glory Days Grill, where we're here every Thursday from noon until 1, and we're live on 1061 ESPN. The timeout's over. Now, more Behind the Web, live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center on 1061 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network. Yudinski out of the gun, takes the snap, back to throw with a pump fake, now throws it near side, end zone, Williams turning, catch, touchdown! As he's belted out of bounds, but Josiah Williams turning and reaching up to make the grab of the lob, scores! Part of the uh, scoring barrage by the Spiders in Saturday's victory over Stony Brook, which leads us into our guest this afternoon on Behind the Web here at Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagles Shopping Center. He is Spiders starting center Tom Elia, who joins us here at the head table today. Uh, Tom, thanks for being here. Welcome. How are you? 
Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Doing great. Let's talk about the offense first. We'll get into the weather in a little bit, but I hate to start a conversation by talking about the weather. So in the last two games, 81 points, 857 yards of total offense. What's what's clicking here? Kind of take us through the progression from the start of the season to where you guys feel you are offensively right now. Um, so the first two games, obviously we were running the ball well. Um, throwing the ball well too but these past two games of we've obviously had a lot of success in the throwing game Um, haven't uh, run the ball too well these past two games but we plan on in the future being able to run the ball well and we'll take that accountability up front to uh, be better in the run game but so far the offense is clicking very well Uh, I think the tempo is going very well I think we've gotten in more shape um, as the season has progressed so I think everything's just firing on all cylinders right now so well, talk a little bit more about this whole tempo thing. And you're not the first offensive lineman that we've talked with that said, you know what, in week one against Virginia, it was hot, obviously, mm-hmm. sunny and hot, and, and we were pretty winded. But since then, it's kind of fallen into place. Do, do you kind of agree with that? Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. And, um, you know, you can get in shape all camp long, but it, it takes probably the first one or two games to really get into that game shape, especially with the tempo offense. So, Having that first game under our belt, especially in that hot weather, I think really's really prepared us for uh, the coming season with that tempo of just going fast and being able to move the ball down the field. Russ, have you kind of seen that as well from the offense that, you know, there was, you know, some guys that were huffing and puffing week one, understandable, considering what the weather was like up there at, at UVA and that now, you know, they found that tempo. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm not playing the game, so you don't, you know, you don't realize how tough it is on them, especially when it's a really hot day like it was at UVA. <clears throat> but um, with the offensive line, you know, you, you need a co- cohesive unit. And so, obviously, at center, he's going to play every snap, you know, because that's obviously a critical spot. But you try to keep as many of the five together as possible. Now you'll sprinkle other guys in that are deserving to play. But uh, – you know, it's tough on them. Like, you know, on the defense side of the ball, we roll three tackles, three ends. Mm-hmm. You know, we even try to substitute, you know, secondary guys. Um, so, it, it, but up front, I mean, they, they got to be in great shape. On that front, Tom, are you seeing it now that you guys are feeling good about it and you look across that line of scrimmage and maybe it's getting harder and harder on the defenses to kind of keep up with that tempo? A hundred percent. And um, I completely agree. And, we, we kind of talk about it like as we're moving down the field, like we can see the defense getting tired and we're like, hey, like pick up the tempo, like call more tempo plays because we feel like we can drive them off the ball or kind of get them in uncomfortable situations when they're tired. So mm-hmm. that's that's what we like to see. So How much responsibility as the center do you have on these tempo plays and making sure your two guys to your left and your two guys to your right know what's coming? Uh, so the biggest thing for me is I really need to run up and address the ball. So I have to chase the ball every snap just in case the tempo play is called. And uh, um, whenever we call tempo play, I need to make sure all the communication is done fast and correctly. So um, whether it's declaring a linebacker or calling which side the double team's for, um, it's really important that I do that quickly and effectively so everybody hears it and everybody's on the same page. So 
Um, that's why I like to stand out on the sideline during the preseason because I don't get to hear all that when you know mm-hmm. up in the booth. So I love listening to you guys uh, and all the communication that you have. Um, look, in in the summer, you had a couple of things to prepare for here, and I wonder if you could kind of talk to our audience about both of them. Number one, you you were the heir apparent at center. Mm-hmm. You were going to take over as the starting center from Clayton McConnell, who did such a great job there. What was kind of your your mindset and also the physical side of that to prepare yourself? to be, as Coach Usman said, taking every snap? Um, so last year I felt like every game I prepared as a starter, even though I wasn't starting. And I give a lot of credit to Clayton because he was a great mentor. And that's honestly the best mentor I could ask for, him being a first-team all-conference center. Um, so I think having him last year as a mentor really helped me prepare for this year. In the offseason, I really took it upon myself to watch a lot of film watch a lot of him to see what he did well and try to uh, build myself, like build my game off of him. Um, So that was one thing. And I knew I was going to be taking a lot of snaps this year. So uh, getting in good cardiovascular shape was also uh, a big thing for me. And I think Coach Brinks did a great job in the offseason establishing a a very good program for us to get in good shape for this tempo. Did you guys do more running? Was that what it was? Or how did you kind of, you know, upgrade your cardiovascular? Uh, We definitely did more running this offseason than uh, past offseasons, which I think definitely helped us prepare um, for the tempo of this season. Um, Again, Coach Brinks did a great job. We were running more longer distances, and Mm -hmm. I think it's really prepared us for this year. So. Russ, how confident were you in this transition at center? Because Clayton McConnell been your guy for quite some time, obviously, and now he was turning over the reins to Tom Elia. We were very confident. Even last year, I mean, we knew if, if Clayton, something happened, he went down, that Tom could get it done. I, I don't think – there was never once, uh-oh, all right, Clayton's gone. What are we going to do now? Even, like like I said, last year, we had all the confidence in the world that he could get it done. Um, and – Probably, you know, could have very easily been a starter last year and, uh, and and got all these snaps and done a great job for us. So um, a lot of confidence in him. He's smart. Uh, he's a really good player, and uh, I've been extremely impressed with him so far. So, Tom, the second part of this, Clayton really couldn't help prepare you for, and that was the new offense, what Coach Kosh brought in. Obviously, Clayton wasn't involved in that last year. How did you kind of go about learning the offense? You knew it was going to be more up-tempo, physical side. You had to be in better shape. How about just learning an entirely new offense? Um, So that really took part in the spring once Coach Kosh got here. I made it the point to try to learn the offense as fast as possible and then be able to have meetings with my teammates and be able to be on the same page um, for certain things, just watching film. We would watch a lot of install tapes of what he did at VMI um, and just be able to uh, be out there and be basically the glue of the offensive line. And if anybody has a question, you know, come to me. I can try to help you out with your responsibility. and just making sure everybody's on the same page. But I had to prepare myself first just to make sure I knew my role, my job, and then uh, make sure I could be able to help other people as well in our line. How much did Reese help in that whole process? Obviously, he was probably the most familiar. I guess Jake Harris a little bit as well. But Reese certainly at that quarterback position, familiar with Coach Kosh's offense. Yeah, Reese Reese was a huge help in the spring um, and in the summer. Um, I was able to just pick his brain a little bit like – Why'd you uh, do this here? Why'd you do that there? And uh, he was just a huge help in learning the offense. Um, even some of the protections with some of our tempo calls, just asking them um, 
just making sure everybody's on the same page. So he he's he's awesome. He's a really smart guy, great football player. So so we've had him on this show already, and he's done interviews and press conferences. And he always he always seems so in control, pretty much low keyed, quite frankly, especially for a quarterback. What's he been like? I was going to say in the huddle, but there is no huddle. But what has he been like as part of that? You know, eleven man offensive unit, and and his voice and how his voice kind of rings out to you guys. Uh, you know, he's a really good leader. Um, he holds us all together. He might be a quiet guy, but once we get on the field, uh, he's in command. He's he's guiding the ship. Um, couldn't couldn't ask for a better leader at quarterback. And you know, him being so smart, everybody trusts him. Um, so. It's been great. He told us here, uh, was he here last week or two weeks? I don't remember. But he he was here, and he told us that you guys actually let him come to dinner with you once, you offensive linemen. That you, yeah. You brought him to dinner. Yeah, how how did, did he kind of fit in at the dinner table? Uh, he was good. You know, he's a quiet guy, but really nice guy. So whenever you start a conversation with him, he'll keep it going. So he's, he's a great guy. And the mantra has been amongst you offensive linemen, our goal is to keep number two clean, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We need so, to keep them clean. Yeah, so far so good. All right, we're about halfway through let's take a break tom Ilya coming back yeah we'll talk some weather with tom what practice have been like the last couple days with the wet footballs and what he may expect in the game on saturday at elon tom Ilya, spider setter our guest on behind the web back at glory days grill after a bottom of the hour break on 1061 espn let's get back to the show behind the web live from glory days in the glen eagle shopping center once again here's bob black on the spider sports network and 1061 espn the snap to Yudinski, back to throw under a blitz throws it to smith gets a block gets the 40 45 50 down the near sideline 40 to the 30 to the 20 it's a foot race to the 10 to the 5 it's a touchdown 60 yards out of the backfield. Savon Smith making the grab and taking off up the near sideline. Kind of glad we played that play-by-play clip uh, coming back with uh, Tom Ilya, Spider Center. And, uh, you know, those plays, Tom, you know, those short passes to, to the backs, they almost act like running plays. How have you guys kind of approached that, that short passing game that's been so successful with both Aaron and Savon? Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely effective, um, especially when you put like a RPO uh, with it. So Reese has the option to either hand the ball off or uh, throw that little short pass. So he uh, just reads what's happening with the defense, and uh, him being able to do that and being very good at that um, <laughs> has been very effective so far, and it's been awesome to watch. I think it was Joe watch. Moore that threw the block on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Joe Moore made a huge block yeah. on that play. Yeah, it was really good for yep. Savon to get down the sideline and and score on that one. All right, let let's get to the weather um, and what you're expecting on Saturday and how you guys have prepared um, for that. Coach kind of gave us a little bit of what happened. Uh, from a guy who's going to handle the ball on every snap, what did you do this week, and how how do you feel about it? Um, so we wet the balls uh, during team periods in practice. Um, so Coach Ross always says it all starts with the snap, so really got to be focused on getting the ball back there to Reese and making sure it's a clean snap so we can have clean exchanges uh, throughout the game. So that's been my primary focus, and uh, it went well this week for sure. Um, I felt comfortable snapping the football even though it was wet. And uh, we're just expecting a gritty game. You know, mm-hmm. if it rains, it's going to be muddy. It's a grass field. Um, just going to be a gritty game. Uh, find a way to win. And yep. Are so. you one of those guys that 
likes to play in the rain. It's old school football. We're going to get in the trenches and, and all of that. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I love I love that kind of football, <laughs> just uh, smash mouth football and uh, try to run the ball pretty well and going to be muddy and it's going to be awesome. So it's going to be really fun. <laughs> How did he handle it in practice there, Russ? You had kind of critiqued uh, Reese a little bit and he got better from Tuesday to Wednesday because it is important. I mean, Reese doesn't get that ball unless Tom gets it to him. Yeah, I didn't see any bad snaps this week. They were all good. I don't, I don't pay as much attention, but um, <laughs> you know, to you know, to the snap. I was just I was kind of watching Reese try to see him throw the mm-hmm. ball, but uh, I didn't see anything that was a bad snap there. Nope. Is there a, a mindset there, Tom? That I mean, you're going to go play in the rain. It's going to rain some. Like I mentioned with Coach, we were there at New Hampshire last year. Did fine there. Is there a mindset that you have to have going into a bad weather game? Uh. Definitely. I think you need to know that, you know, it's going to be a, a sloppy kind of game, meaning the field's going to be all muddy. Um, you might lose traction here and there, but, I mean, you have the same mindset. You want to come in and uh, just try to beat your opponent. I mean, it's just like any other game. It's just going to rain a lot, going to be muddy, but you need to find a way to get it done. That's that's really the only thing. Hey, you mentioned Coach Ross. Uh, tell us a little bit about your offensive line coach, Adam Ross, and kind of the relationship you and the guys have with him. Uh, he's awesome. You know, uh, he pushes you to be your very best every day. Um, he's hard on each and every one of us, but he does it out of love. Uh, all of us know that. Um, he's a great coach, knows technique very well, knows scheme. Uh, he's very picky with technique and uh, scheme work, but that's just to make us great. So uh, I really appreciate everything um, he does. And we're all able to just go talk to him. It doesn't even have to be about football. I can just talk to him about life, anything that's going on, anything bothering you. So he's a, he's a great guy, and uh, he's been really great to me uh, my first year starting. So he's mm-hmm. been awesome. So Russ, do you pretty much uh, leave Coach Ross alone and just kind of let him do his thing with these guys or what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no question. Um, you know, he, he – First off, I mean, he's a great football coach, but he's a great family man, mm-hmm. loves his wife and kids, and, and I appreciate that. Um, and, uh, you know, I hired him uh, my last year at Chattanooga, and uh, so he was with me that year, and then we came here together. So we've been together for going on seven now. <clears throat> but I actually interviewed him a couple years prior to hiring him and and I wanted to hire him at that point in time. I was talked out of it um, hmm. by an offensive coach or two at the time and kicking myself uh, for get, letting myself get talked out of it because I thought he was the best candidate, no question. And he was really a younger guy at that point in time. Um, but um, – I think he does a fantastic job. He he cares about these kids, and, and that's that's huge. All right. With one of the offensive linemen sitting here, uh, speak a little to why the offensive line group is your favorite group on the football team. Do you believe that, Tom? Yes, sir. You, <laughs> you say, do? You say it every day. So. Yes, sir. These dudes work so hard. They And, again, I, I'm sure other position groups are going to get mad at me, but they work harder than anybody in practice. Uh, it's grunt work. There's no glory. Um, you know, I had to talk Bob into letting you come to the radio show today because <laughs> he doesn't want offensive linemen here. Or um, specialists. Yeah, or specialists. <laughs> but the, just the, the, the work, the commitment, the film study, 
Um, these guys, you, you, people don't realize, uh, you know, we get 20 hours a week with them. And, uh, you know, the, the hours they put in on their own as a group and understand, uh, you know, it, it's just such a cohesive group. And I just – I've always liked the offensive line, um, you know, but you're like a dad. You're not allowed to say it in public uh, <laughs> that they're your favorite. But uh, the whole team knows they're my favorite group, so it doesn't make any difference. So, so how's it feel, Tom, to be the teacher's pet here, you guys, with the head coach? You know, I think we've earned it, though. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I got to say. <laughs> so far you have. There's, yeah, there's no, yes, no doubt about yes, that. Hey, it's kind of funny because, you know, when we have a player on each week, I try to find a couple of play-by-play highlights for each segment of that player. It was a little difficult, but I do try, Tom, at least once a series to say Tom Elia puts his hands on the ball at the 37-yard, whatever it is, to snap it, and I couldn't find one this week. Particularly, there was a good play on top of it. So I do like the offensive lineman, Coach. Not as much as you. Not as much as you. No, no <laughs> doubt about that. That's for sure. Uh, let's go back a little bit, Tom. We've got a few minutes remaining. What, what attracted you to Richmond? What made you want to come be a Richmond Spider several years ago now? Uh, so the biggest – how I knew about Richmond was Ray Eldridge. Um, he, he went to my high school, mm-hmm. um, grew up together. And I saw he uh, went to Richmond. We obviously played on the same high school football team. Um, and when I started getting recruited, I was just asking him about it. And he's like, dude, you'd love it. Like, come visit. So I took my first visit at Richmond and uh, immediately fell in love. And then just learning more about the program. Um, best conference in FCS football. Um, great academics for what I wanted to do, which is uh, business. And the campus is just gorgeous. So all that fit together. Uh, really fell in love with the coaching staff. Um, and then everything just fell into place. So that's why I chose Richmond. Russ, how often does that happen where it's a, it's a player, a guy you already have that, that advocates the program and the school like uh, Tom was just talking about with Ray Eldridge? Uh, yeah, I mean, they all really do a great job in the recruiting part of it. Uh, I think Ray's really t- taken it to another level. Um, he loves this place, and, um, you know, he he wants the program to be really good. And, um, you know, so he, he's been a really um, a good ambassador for us, and it just so happened he was at the same high school and knew him. Um, so – but most of our guys um, do a great job and, and, and really want to – get quality student athletes here to, to to play on the same team with them so when it's ones on ones in practice and ray eldridge is across the line of scrimmage from you now who wins those battles tom uh you know i'd say i'd say it's a, a pretty fair battle but you know i think i get the best of them tom most of the time yeah i'm, ch- I'm trying to be humble but yeah don't yeah. be humble don't be yeah. shy he's not listening right now <laughs> don't worry you trash talk a little bit with your teammate all right speaking of high school take us back to those days we were talking about it during the last commercial break you had a terrific high school football team and you actually had the opportunity to play a state championship game or a western pa championship game at heinz field right yep yeah it was the uh whipple championship which is our uh district championship in pittsburgh pa and uh that's a really big deal if you're from pittsburgh being able to play on heinz field you know everybody from pittsburgh is a big steelers fan so it's like you're playing on the same field as tj watt all the great ones Mm -hmm. um and we won that game in spectacular spectacular fashion um one of my best friends picked the ball off on the one-yard line to win the game mm. and uh, seal the fate of the championship. So 
it was it was awesome being able to do that. I'm uh, sorry, Matt McAllister is no longer here and with us because he's a big Pittsburgh guy as well. I'm sure he would be smiling with glee. And Mike O'Toole is here today, and he's a big Western PA guy, so I'm sure he's smiling about that as well. What's going on with your Steelers? What's what's happening with the Steelers, Tom? <laughs> you know, they stink. <laughs> I, I don't think they stink. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, Mike Tomlin's team is going to always find a rhythm at some point in the year. So I'm not too worried about them right now. But one and two start, I'm not too happy with, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see how it goes the rest of the year. I'm I'm confident in Tomlin getting it done. So we'll we'll see about it. There's a uh, Steelers Eagles game coming up in about six weeks, yeah. I think. So let's get back and, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. All right, keys for Spider success on Saturday. Opponent is a tough one. Mm-hmm. You saw what they did last week. They came back in the second half. Conditions, all of that. Um, give us just a little bit of a, a pregame scouting report, if you would, before we let you go eat lunch. Um, so they're really solid up front. We think they have a, a good front seven. Um, so I think it's really important for us to establish the run game early and then be able to throw the ball off of that. Okay. So especially with the rainy conditions, um, you, don't, you don't know what's going to happen. So us establishing the run game is huge. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's a big focus for us. Awesome stuff. I can see why they're your favorite now russ after yeah. this conversation right I, I like the western pa guys too a lot mm-hmm. they're there's yeah. a lot of times my favorites too i think it's great high school football um i've recruited there uh when i was an assistant coach a lot and uh you know i, I don't like I, I like actually steelers are fine because i like mike tomlin obviously yeah. but yeah. Uh, uh the bengals are my team were you at william and mary when Tomlin was there, that was he, mm-hmm. you were right mm-hmm. when he was a wide receiver, right? Yep. And yeah. then Sean McDermott and Tomlin yep. both. Yep. Tomlin both there. Yep. Cool stuff. All right, Tom. Don't worry about those Steelers. You worry about those Spiders. And let's Absolutely. get it on Saturday. Thank you, Tom. Yes, sir. Thank you, Tom Elia, Spider Center. Great stuff. Our guest on Behind the Web. Let's get a break. We got a couple of texts and email questions for Coach Usman. We'll get to those and wrap up today's Behind the Web on the other side of this timeout on 106.1 ESPN. If you knew up to date with Richmond football, this is Behind the Web, live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center on 1061 ESPN. This is the Spider Sports Network. All right, welcome back. Final segment of the show. Appreciate everybody who's been in the house today. Hope you've had a good time and have enjoyed it as well. Please take care of your servers in the house. They've been working hard for you here today. And again, reminder that we're back next week, even with the bye week. And our two coordinators will be here, Billy Kosh and Justin Wood, along with Coach Usman, who will be grilling them with questions next week. We'll let you ask a lot of the questions of your two guys over there. i uh, got a couple of questions off of our email and text line. Uh, really good questions. So let me get to those. First First one is from a former Spider, Mike Lewandowski, uh, who said, Coach, two state schools had opposite experiences this past weekend. William & Mary lost a big lead to Elon. JMU came back from a big deficit against App State. Will you have any kind of message to your team about either one of those scenarios, having a big lead and not taking your foot off the pedal, or how you can come back if you have a, a big deficit? Well, I think if you talk to our players, I think they – you know, they really emphasize finishing, and it's whether finishing with the lead or, or finishing and having to come back. And, uh, you know, we talked about that at halftime, you know, that it's 60 minutes, and, uh, you know, we got to finish the second half and not, you know, flop around out there. And it, so they, you know, they 
they came up with finish. They want to finish games. Uh, they want to finish plays. So, uh, you know, we just got to kind of focus on how, how do we finish this game each and every week. And I know you don't like to think about it, but if you happen to fall behind – by a, a substantial amount with the way the offense is going. I guess there's that theory, you know, if you're 20 points down, there's no 21-point play in football. you got to take it drive by drive by drive and get back in the game. Yes? No? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's so many variables with all that stuff. But, uh, you know, how much time, how fast you got to go, uh, you know, uh, you, you just get one and then see what happens after that. and. Uh, but you got to play good defense too, and get the ball back in those situations. But uh, let's let's hope we don't get into those scenarios there. Absolutely. All right. You had a big lead Saturday, so you were able to play some guys, get them on tape, let them have that experience. One of them, of course, was Kyle Wickersham at quarterback. So this question comes from our our longtime Spider supporter and friend Ben Ussery, who says, "What does Coach think about quarterback Kyle Wickersham, and what do you think about his potential moving forward?" Got a lot of potential. Uh, good player. Billy's done an excellent job with him, developing him. He's our he's our number two, and uh, you know we we like him a lot, and we're glad we got him in there for the la- for the fourth quarter there, and we actually gave him a chance to throw throw the ball. And uh, um, Kyle, I th- we think Kyle's going to be really an excellent quarterback, and he just he gets better and better. Uh, every day in practice. How much did that opportunity help last week? Not just Kyle, but other guys that you were able to get in the game and get on film and be able to kind of coach them up with some some game action. Well, you were probably trying to figure out all the people yes, that I were was. out there at the time. You know, we were we had a bunch of freshmen out there. Uh, you know, Camden Bird played his first snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of the year, and, uh, you know, we had a bunch of people on both sides of the ball. You know, we played both the true freshman offensive linemen, you know, understanding that, uh, you know, they get the four games right. without burning a red shirt. So, you know, as we move forward, we got to be selective in how we do things. But, you know, that was a great, great um, time to, to get Parker Mitchell in there, who we think is going to be fantastic. Trey Gray, who we think is going to be fantastic. Um, you know, all, all the young kids, you know, we got in the game, uh, which, was, which was pretty cool. All right. Uh, with that, on to Elon. Let's talk a little bit about what you've seen on tape from the Phoenix. You and I were talking before we came on the air. They went into the transfer market. They don't do a whole lot of that, but they got a quarterback from Montana State and a running back from Virginia Tech that I guess were, were popping off of the screen, huh? Both really good players, no question. I think I said it the other day, I don't know how this the guy didn't play at Virginia Tech. You know, he looks like an ACC back. Uh, the quarterback's really good. He's a big kid uh, that's that's athletic. He can hurt you with his legs, but you know he throws a great deep ball. Um, and you know they they there are a lot of they're they run play action pass take deep shots and and he does he does a great job with them. Um, they're experienced up front. You know all those guys. A lot of those guys played as true freshmen. I think it was in the spring season, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they've got a lot of snaps under their belt. Uh, their wideouts are always good. I mean, you've watched them for years now. They've always had quality wideouts. Defensively, we were looking over it, and they they got some guys that seem like they've been there forever. Yeah, I think they have. Uh, yeah, and uh, so it, I mean, it's a quality opponent. Uh, you know, we you know we, we we have to play well. What did you see from what they did on Saturday against William and Mary? Down what eighteen at halftime and fifteen at the start of the fourth quarter, and rallied to win. 
Well, the bad thing was William Mary turned the ball over yeah. in the second half. And, you know, somehow, some way, if, if William Mary, you know, just hangs on to the football or, you know, gets the first down and punts, uh, you know, they fumbled one time on their side, about the, close to midfield, and, and that's when Elon went in and scored. And, um, you know, you obviously William Mary played a great first half and, and didn't turn the ball over. And then in the second half, they turn it over two or three times. Uh, it makes a big difference. You got asked a lot this week about Elon in the second half. Their numbers seem a lot better after halftime, and, and I guess that's all about adjustments at halftime that both teams would have to make, I guess, right? Yeah, I, I guess. And uh, I was laying in bed last night thinking, everybody's talking to me about how good Elon is in the second yeah. half, giving up points. Do the math on us yeah. once. Yeah. We ain't giving up any points nope. in the second half. But nobody wants to talk about that. Well, the, the last two uh, games, you haven't given any points at all, that, huh? basically. The last two games, you haven't given up any points pretty much the whole but game. But uh, we right? just keep – everybody talks about Elon not giving up any points. How about us? We ain't giving up any points yeah. in the second half. Or in basically in full games. I mean, six at Lehigh and seven last week in the entire game. That's pretty – I mean, your defense is now one of the top two or three defenses in the CAA. That's come a long way, Russ, from what we were talking about. I don't think we're Virginia. two or three. We're, I think we're still kind of mid, five or six. Still right. gotta, still five or six. Coming. You know, I embellish a little bit. That's the PR, the PR in me, yeah. you know. Actually, I think I don't, there are a couple of categories that we they are, are. They're, they're playing we're, – yeah. we're playing way better. We're playing way better on defense, no question about that. Um, I'm proud of the guys, and I'm proud of their, their progress – um, you know, so, but we expect to play really good defense here, year in and year out, and uh, so I, I'm 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 happy with the progression yeah. that we're making yeah. there. And I'm not going to argue with the head coach, but total defense number two, scoring defense number two. Well, you said two or three, so you were wrong. It was. Well, I was two. also right because yeah, it was no, two. All right. All right, I'll give that to you. <laughs> all right, final thought on Elon before we get out of here. Ball security, I assume, is the number huge. one headline here, right? Huge, huge. I mean, we've we've talked about it, harped it. Uh, we've practiced. Uh, you know, we did the 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 wet ball with the you know in our in our take takeaway circuits and um, you know, ball security circuits. I mean, it, it's critical um, that we hang on to the football and not only offensively but on special teams. No question about that. We will look for that and we'll talk more about that. Coach, thanks. Good luck. Stay dry. Saturday. Thanks, Bob. Tom Elia, thank you for being our special player guest today. Robert Oley produced in our ESPN Richmond studios and Mitchell Bradley on location. We're on the air at 1.30 Saturday with Spider Football at Elon. We hope you'll join us then and see you back here next week for the next edition of Behind the Web. You've been listening to Behind the Web from Glory Days Grill and the Glen Eagle Shopping Center, featuring head coach Russ Huseman. Today's show has been brought to you by the University of Richmond School of Professional and Continuing Studies, Bryant Heating and Cooling, World of Beer, Lux Chevrolet, and Virginia 529. Join us throughout the college football season for Behind the Web presented by Glory Days Grill. Thanks for listening and stay in touch with Richmond Athletics on the flagship station of the Spider Sports Network, ESPN Richmond. Executive producer Mitchell Bradley. This has been a presentation of Playfly Sports in association with Richmond Sports Properties.